huge fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and computers, cause I am a huge fucking nerd. One of a kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. I'm not even going to plug anything because I got a big show planned today. Coming up later in the show, I got an interview with a former Navy SEAL who was also a part of the security detail for the president of Afghanistan. He was also a firefighter before he became a Navy SEAL. So that's coming up. Now, if you've been listening to the show very, very long, I got to tell you, you people, you people that want to make those comments, oh, you can't just let it go, Tuttle. You're going to get your parents kicked out of the hobo fish camp. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe so. But hey, I'm, I'm willing to leave at any time. I'll let it drop. But enough is enough. I am so sick and tired of bullies, especially slumlords that want to take advantage of elderly people here in the park. And I could go into details, and I know a lot of you guys think that I'm making a lot of this stuff up, but I'm not. I am not. I got pictures, videos. I got eyewitness testimony that is more than willing to back me up. But today, this guy sent a letter over. Now, it's not from an attorney. It's not from an attorney at all. But I need to talk to one of them, and and I'm talking to some of the big attorneys locally here uh, that I've known through my years of working in radio. But the guy sent this letter and said that uh, we all have to be out by December 31st. Now, keep in mind, my parents have been here for 13 years. Been here for 13 years. Now, we really don't have any leases. I don't think there's any contracts. It's not like we sign up, hey, we're going to be at the Hobo Fish Camp for a year. No, it's just like you pay month to month. And I know that's not a great way to live because I know that the landlord has a lot of the power and stuff. But God damn it, man. Like, seriously, this guy is going to just over a couple of days. Now, I got all of the checks since I've been here, copies of them, that I can prove that we have paid the 20th of every month. Now, isn't that a president's president? I don't even know if that's the right word has been said that, oh, yeah, it's good. You've paid every single month on the 20th. But the guy found a loophole. And that's that's what these scumbags do. Uh, he is. And by the way, I, I found out he was a used car salesman. And just because, like I said, I have all the checks for the past three or four years where my family and half of me and half of them this year have been paying on the 20th. But since that guy couldn't get me out of here, since I didn't do anything wrong, just like the sheriff's office said, 
I didn't break any laws. This is a civil matter. Now, we, we might be screwed, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'll be respectful to law enforcement, but how is it going to look? How is it going to look when this guy, and once again, I have all the proof in the world. I don't want you guys to think that this is me with just an axe to grind because he wouldn't let me use the Wi-Fi. You want to you wanna know, I've wanted to say and stand up for the people in this park for since the beginning of the year. And you know what I was told? Keep your mouth shut. And I got tired of it. You know, when you've been bullied all through your life, you get tired of it. You hate seeing it. And now that I'm in the spot where I can stand up and, and take care of this guy and stand up to this bully, and now he's wanting to kick my parents out, like I said, elderly in their 70s. Dad has diabetes. Mom has had cancer twice in her life. She's in remission right now, and her immune system is shot. So you're going to kick them out, like I said haven't caused any problems. None of them have criminal records. I don't have, well, I do have a misdemeanor driving on a suspended license, but uh, it's been, that was back in like 2006, 2007, maybe even 2008. So what I'm trying to say is that this guy picked on the wrong person and I got tired of it. And some of the stuff that's gone on around here, the poor conditions, the, the rates, Guys, uh, 13 years ago when a lot of people lived here, it was only $350 a month. You want to know what it is? Almost $900. And guess what? He is taken away, taken away, taken away. But guess what he was able to fix and what he was able to renovate? His own personal house. The guys were working on it for almost six goddamn months. And what I've heard from people, it was close to $80,000 he spent on the renovation. So how are you going to take money, keep raising the rents month after month after month, but give us the most disgusting water you could ever think of? Uh, I've got all these filters that I've pulled off of people's houses. And if you want to take a look at that, go to my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com slash Tuttle, Facebook.com slash Tuttle, or Instagram. Yeah, all of them. Just search Tuttle, and you'll be able to see the filter. And, and let me ask you, would you drink water from this filter? No, I, I wouldn't either. And I don't want you to think that these filters have been on for like nine months. No, we're, we're talking one month, two months top. And, oh, hey, guess what? The health department was out here today, by the way. I wonder, wonder how that happened. So, so what I'm trying to say is, uh, what about all the people that have hurt themselves here? All the holes on the seawall, all the cracked walls, the wall is about to fall into the ocean. What's going to happen when somebody is out there fishing on it and that thing collapses? You fall into a big oyster bed in front of the wall, or even worse, you get penned under that wall when you fall in. All the holes that the land crabs make, I've almost broke my ankle. I know a couple of people that have uh, sprained and one that even broke their ankle. What about the woman? Because this guy refuses to fix the roads around here. 80-year-old woman walking her dog. She tripped because the road was uneven. There was a hole there. She broke her hip in two places. And 
you know, I know that I really can't do anything about it right now. And speaking of, is this this guy? Nope, it's not him. See, I got to be careful. I got to keep my head on a swivel right now. I know I'm sounding very paranoid, but what I'm trying to say is, just to show what this guy is, he drains sewage within 40 feet of people's trailers instead of being, he was so cheap, he had a truck come out and to, to get a truck to come out here. He got a pool pump and siphoned all the sewage out in the open for everybody. And I got witnesses on that, people. Many witnesses. What about the handicapped deaf kid that he refused to fix the electric and he had to sit in a hot trailer for three days? What about my best friend, Howard, who has three adopted African-American kids that are related because they were his sister's kids? And John Mays has not talked to me in two years. Hasn't told me I, can ha I couldn't have anybody out here because all the other people were white. But damn, dude had enough balls to come and talk to me and tell me that my people, my people, I'm not trying to be that way, but my people had to leave by four or five o'clock. I can't remember the exact time, but uh, you know what? I'll give him an hour. But why do my people have to leave by five? Oh, is it because... There are three African-American kids that I'm trying to teach how to goddamn fish. So, yeah. Don't come at me and tell me that, oh, I'm causing problems or I'm just trying to cause controversy because that's not the case. It really isn't. And I've looked into it. So he wants us out by the end of the year. Was not from a law office at all. It was just notarized. Probably one of his friends. But whatever it may be, I'm not leaving, and my parents, I don't think they're wanting to leave by the end of the year either. So how's it going to look when we don't leave on the 31st? And like I said, I respect law enforcement, but what is it going to be like when the Volusia County Sheriff comes here and my parents don't want to leave, or I don't want to leave? Are you guys going to pull out, pull elderly people out of their fifth wheel that have done nothing wrong, they have paid their rent every single month for 13 years, even though it's ballooned from $350 to almost $900 with nothing added. Yeah. Now, you guys want, now do you guys realize why I'm doing what I'm doing? Yeah, it, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a little bit personal because he had to screw with me. There is a public county council meeting coming up on January 9th. I know that's after the day we're supposed to, or after the time we're supposed to be out of here. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get down there real early to make sure that I'm registered. Because if you watch a lot of these county council meetings, yeah, those, those are just regular, regular everyday people that don't, that are not great at public speaking. So what do you think is going to happen when you give me from today until January 9th to prep for a public speaking engagement in front of the county council, Volusia County Council? Oh, it's not going to be good for this guy at all because I'm going to have documents. I'm going to have pictures for everybody to look at. I'm going to have eyewitnesses because I'm going to get that audio before I go into that meeting. This is going to be the most well outplayed, well, not outplayed, best played speaking that any of these people that these councilmen have ever seen in their lives. 
And guess what? It might be a big failure. They might tell me, hey, pound sand, buddy. But I don't think that's going to happen. Because like I said, give me enough time to prepare for something. It's going to be bad for the opposition. Coming back with my interview with the former Navy SEAL, you are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is a great interview that I, my producer, Vulture, lined up, and I'm really, really excited about it. Former Navy SEAL, but I guess, Ryan, once you're always a Navy SEAL, you're always a Navy SEAL, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so Ryan, how are you today, buddy? Where, where are you calling from? I'm good. I'm down in Texas. Uh, weather's nice today. You know, it's not too cold, not too warm. Getting yeah. into the heart of winter here. How how has uh, the COVID been out in Texas? I know that they were getting getting pounded there for a little while. Um, where we're at, honestly, uh, not bad. They shut stuff down for a while this summer, but uh, we haven't really had any issues. On the line with me right now is Navy SEAL Ryan Lane. Ryan, uh, explain to my audience a little bit about your background and, and what you're calling in to talk about today. Uh, is there any like websites that people want to find out what's going on? Uh, I don't know if you have any like things that you're into that, that your people you're trying to help. Give me a little bit of synopsis about Ryan Lane. Well, uh, I grew up in Michigan, uh, wrestled in college. Oh, what, what, what weight class, what weight class? When I went to college, I was uh, shooting for uh, 145, but uh, the coach wanted me to cut all the way down now, to one, uh, 145 is a very tough weight class to wrestle in. And, and because I wrestled, I was not a very good wrestler. I got into wrestling because I was a baseball player. I played collegiate baseball, but I wanted to be in the best shape that I've ever been in. My dad said, why don't you try to do some wrestling? And I got to tell you, it's the best in shape that I have ever been in my life. Yeah, it pretty much uh, works everything in your body. If you're weak, you're, you're not going to survive. <laughs> yeah, what school did you wrestle at? I wrestled uh, up in Michigan at uh, Eastern Michigan. I was recruited at high school. Mm -hmm. Now, where did you, now did you go into the military first or did you go to college first? No, I went to college first and uh, I really didn't like it all that much. I mean, school really didn't agree with me. So I got out and uh, I went and, uh, to the fire academy, got my fire certs and stuff. My dad was a fireman down by Detroit. Now, and, it, there, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, then after that, you know, I mean, uh, here I am, you know, 19 years old and I got my fire certifications and stuff, but the job market up there was, was really rough at the time. And I figured, well, 
maybe I'll give the military a shot. And I figured if I'm going to go into the military, I might as well do something, you know, challenging. So the SEALs, I mean, everybody says, you know, now I've, I've talked to everybody and everybody thinks they're elite of the elite is always the best, you know, Navy SEALs, Green Beret, Army Rangers. Um, now, I, I mean, everybody that's a Navy SEAL is going to say that the Navy SEAL program was the toughest. Give me a little bit of an idea what, you know, like people have watched G.I. Jane before. I know that's Hollywood, uh, but I mean, is it as tough as everybody says it is? Oh, uh, it's pretty tough. Yeah, it's it's tough, uh, both physically and, and mentally. You know, you have to uh, be prepared for it, but it's not it's not out of the realm for anybody to do. As long as you go in there and you decide this is what I'm going to do and I'm not going to stop until I make it. I mean, you know, anybody can can really accomplish it. How many people started out like I don't know. Do they call it your squad or your. Um, what would they call it, the class coming in to, to train to be Navy SEALs? How many did you start with? And at the end, how many people uh, ended up becoming Navy SEALs? So that would be your basic underwater demolition class. Um, now they do it a little bit different. I think they do a pre, pre-phase now before you actually start your first phase. But when we started first phase, um, it was basically just show up and go. And I think there was, if I remember correctly, right around 165 guys. Mm-hmm. No and, women. Uh, no women. No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to make a joke or anything there. But I. I mean, no, no. Are there are there women Navy SEALs right now? No, there aren't. I think they've had some go through the try to do the selection. I don't know if they passed or not. Um, it's it's kind of a a mixed bag because of the fact that that program requires you to be really good endurance wise mm-hmm. and strength wise you have to have upper body strength and you have to have endurance and i think that's even for we had some women when i was at the team that came one was a a power lifter i believe and one was a triathlete and the triathlete did really good on the uh endurance stuff but she really struggled with the you know the strength and the uh the power lifter obviously she was pretty decent at the strength stuff but she really struggled with the endurance and you have to have, uh, it's a mix. I'd say it's probably about 60% endurance and about 40% strength. Now, Ryan, so what years, what years were you going and training to be a Navy SEAL? And then when you get, when you get out, how long was it before you had to go overseas or go on deployment? So the actual training, so BUDS is about six months. And then after that, they're going to send guys to uh, jump school. Uh, the guys that go to a SDV team, which is a de- seal delivery vehicle team, which is the mini subs, they go to, go to an extra school. I believe, I want to say it's a little bit less than four months, and that's like a driver's school. They teach them to drive it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, then you come back, and nowadays they do uh, – they call it SQT. Back then we did a STT, which is tactical training. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be about another six months. And then you get your bird, which is your trident. And then you've got uh, about a six month to a one year long workup where you're doing specialty schools and uh, you're doing training with your platoon. And so you got about two to two and a half years before you ever do your first deployment. So what you're saying is, is that they make sure you guys know every single little detail. You guys are 
are trained in everything. Now, <clears throat> with Navy SEALs, you know, you, you have people that are in the Navy, but Navy SEALs, I, for, as a civilian, what I'm looking at it is that you guys are a little bit more specialized, right? Like, are you guys, do they tell you to go someplace or do you guys just wait for a mission, a special mission for you guys to go out on? No, now we're, uh, so a lot of spec ops units, especially nowadays, uh, are forward deployed. So the objective is to stay engaged with uh, our partners out in the world and uh, basically denial of space for uh, insurgents and stuff and uh, go ahead and help our partners with foreign internal defense and, uh, you know, cross training with other militaries, learn and, uh, and teach. So um, as far as the Navy is concerned and the Marine mm -hmm. Corps, um, they would they would be considered your nine one one force in in my opinion because they're able to flex to anywhere in the world. I mean, you're you're able to get on ships, you're able to get out there, and they don't have to have a staging agreement yeah. with a foreign country. So on the line, it, on the line <laughs> with me right now is Ryan Lane. Ryan Lane, do you have a website or anything or how people can check out any of your content or anything that you're that you're wanting to talk about? Uh, no, not really. I'm pretty okay. private. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm sorry, Ryan. I I I yeah, that's that's what I was asking. When I have guests on, yeah. they're usually they want to talk about stuff. Now, Ryan, I want to talk a little bit about this and and you know, like I said, I'm I'm a civilian. Uh, a lot of people, what they see about the military, they see in movies, okay? They see in movies and like, oh, man, that's how it really, really is. Um, now, a lot of people hear about SEAL Team 6. Now, is that the elite of the elite when it comes to Navy SEALs? Uh, I guess some people would consider it that. Really, uh, what it is, is the, it's the dedicated counterterrorism unit. So, like, Army has Delta or TAG, Combat, Combat Applications Group. Mm -hmm. The Navy, the Navy has a dev group or what you would call SEAL Team Six, and that's really focused on the counterterrorism mission, going after high-value targets, hostage rescue, stuff like that. Um, so you were a firefighter, correct? Before you went into the military, I was. I, I worked. Okay. Uh, I worked paid on call for a little bit, and then I went into the military. And after I got out of the military, I worked uh, as a professional firefighter, but. While I now while I was in the military, and uh, I don't think I was really supposed to do this, but <laughs> yeah. I would when I took my thirty days of leave every year, I would go back to Michigan. And I I would work <laughs> a fireman. <laughs> do you do you think being a fireman? Because I'm sure you know people that are first responders, cops, firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, whatever it may be, uh, they have to see a lot of bad things. You know, because when they're there, bad things happen because they are there to protect and serve and put out fires like you were doing or 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 helping people. Uh, do you think working in the fire department as a firefighter uh, helped prepare you for what you had to, to go through in the military? I think so to a certain extent. Yeah, I think, you know, every experience helps you in life. And I think uh, obviously if you're in a stressful job before you go in the military, it, it takes uh, the edge off as far as dealing with the stress. Um, the reason I bring that up and, and I've been doing a lot of research and, and I've been a part of a lot of charities that have helped or, or fundraising. Um, 
how our country does not pay attention enough or really don't care enough. I know a lot of American citizens do, but uh, our, our veterans, people that have served uh, committing suicide and, and having PTSD, um, what needs to be done? Because, I mean, I'm sure that you've served and, and fought along with some people that have had to deal with stuff like that. And, and I'm not asking to go into details, but what I'm what I'm asking is, what can we do as as people to take care of the people that are, are fighting for our freedom? I think the best thing you could do is contact your representative. In fact, I would encourage everybody out there to contact your representative and and basically stay on top of them. Contact them multiple times a month and tell them, listen, the, the VA needs to be fixed and, and we need to take care of these people. And and we're not going to stay silent until you do. I think the fact that that is not going on really is a reflection on how bad our society has become as far as taking care of our veterans. Um, but is it is it the American people? Because I, I talk to Americans all the time that are concerned. They they think about this type of stuff. Is is it is it more? And I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but it, it could it be? Could our politicians do more? Oh, I think our politicians could do more, but the the fact of the matter is, is that the, the they work for the public. So if the public wants it done, it would be done tomorrow if they really wanted it done. But I, think but, I mean, that's how it's supposed to work, though. That's how it's supposed yeah. to work, Ryan. Um, there's a lot of stuff that people care about, but the politicians just turn a blind eye to it. That's true, but I mean, if you're if you're marching up to their office. And you're holding rallies outside their office and you're putting heat on them sooner or later, they're going to, they're going to give in. No, I, 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 I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I just think that a lot of people are removed from it. These people that are having to fight for, for us and go out there and do that on, on a daily basis, we as American citizens, it, we're, we're insulated, we're sheltered from it. And I don't think the, uh, the, Amer- the average American citizen actually realizes the type of stuff that, that our soldiers are having to go through. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't think they do. Now, so I, 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 this is something very, very interesting that I wanted to talk about, and I don't know how much you can talk about it. Um, you were a part of the security detail. You might have been in charge of it of of protecting the president of afghanistan at one point correct that's correct yes now how were you were you still a part of the military or were you a uh, a, a private citizen that was hired to do it because i i know a lot of military people when they get out they do a, a lot of um serving and stuff uh, personally contract uh work so at that at that time I was a civilian and mm-hmm. uh, I was working and uh, somebody had dropped my name to the uh, company and they had reached out to me and then wondered if I would be arrested. Now, what made you want to take that? Because you know, at, at the time I think it was when when it's a uh, it starts with the gate Kazari or uh, the president. I'm I'm sorry, I I'm horrible with names and stuff like that. Uh, Karzai. Yeah, cars. Now, at that time, that was right after September 11th when he came into power. When did you when did you when did you come on board to to protect him? I came on board right after the Fallujah incident um, when they hung the guys from the bridge 
Yeah. That's when I, I had sat down and I talked with the wife and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of sitting around. I need to, I need to get up and do something. So I had talked to, uh, the army about their warrant officer flight program. Mm -hmm. And I had had some previous injuries and they were kind of, you know, pushing back as far as me needing to get, um, special approval and get cleared by a physician and stuff. And, uh, while all that was going on is when I got that phone call and I figured, well, that's the fastest way to get myself uh, involved in stuff. So that's what I did. I mean, it was not a lot of safe times during that time frame either in Afghanistan, correct? Um, correct. Yeah. It was still pretty much wild west. Was it, was it a nonstop always having to keep your head on a swivel where, where people constantly trying to take shots not not just like gunshots but just trying to you know get after this guy that was in control of power trying to make changes yeah i mean you would have to constantly like every day you'd have to you know watch your back we were working with locals at the time and it's not that you couldn't trust them it's just you didn't know where the threats were coming from i know that there were several people that were uh in political offices that weren't really pleased with them there in Afghanistan at the time. And then you had the Taliban and, and you had terrorist elements, you know, like Al Qaeda and stuff. So you always had to keep yourself grounded and, and pay attention to your surroundings. Um, do the average Afghanis, do they want us there? Do they want help? Do, do they want Americans being involved or, or, or have they been bombarded by so much propaganda that they hate us? It's been my experience through the years that a lot of the Afghanis I've had dealings with want us there. They believe that if we go ahead and pull out all support, that it will turn into a full-on civil war like it did after the Soviets left. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's a very, very weird situation, you know, because... A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the stuff now I could be wrong. I mean, you know, a lot of people was like, well, why, why, why are we involved in Afghanistan? And, and weren't we fighting a proxy war during the Cold War through Afghanistan at one point? Yeah, so we were fighting a proxy war and then we went ahead and pulled support in the, uh, you know, the whack jobs, the religious zealots, whatever you want to call them. They all moved in and. Uh, it went pretty downhill from there on. Um, what ended up happening was after the Soviets pulled out, uh, I believe they funded the communist regime there for another three years mm -hmm. before they went ahead and pulled mm -hmm. all support. And then when they pulled all support, it, the government, it, they didn't last long after that. Um, and what I, mean, what I mean by full-on civil war, too, is not that they're not fighting a civil war now. It's just the intensity of it is going to be much greater because there's nothing, there's nobody, you know, kind of keeping the parties at bay at that point. You know, they don't have the technological advances that we do. They don't have the training that we do. Um, I, I think you would see a, a massive increase in the violence. Now, you brought up Fallujah earlier. Um, I've read a lot of stuff. Was it, was it at the height really, really bad in Fallujah? So at the height, it was really bad. I mean, they went in there, they cleared it out. They they went in, they did a kind of a half. That's what you clear. call urban warfare, correct? Yeah, correct. And then they pulled back out, 
and then they went back in again and 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 finished the job um i never spent any time down there personally i spent time in other places in iraq and um just to give people an idea uh the places that i was at the height of the height of the violence where i was at you would have um anywhere from 20 to 30 attacks a day some of them just bombs some of them complex attacks where you have bombs with a follow-on assault and that would be in one city all right brian i i I honestly could sit here and talk to you forever but i also am always respectful i i there's just some questions you don't ask military men and stuff and and i i think a lot of people are are kind of disrespectful when they ask them but this is going to be a fun question to kind of ask out of all the war movies out there, because the earlier I talked about that, which one is the closest that that pits you into how it really, really is, or none of them even close? Uh, I don't think any of them are really that close, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, that's that's I, I think a lot of people, though, they think, oh, yeah, that's so close. Everybody's told me Saving Private Ryan was the one of the closest ones to capturing how it was uh, on Normandy, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you could really ever display uh, the true horrors of that day. So, but everybody has told me that's always the closest. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't be able to speak to that because I wasn't there, but I <laughs> yeah. if they say it is, then it probably is. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, I, I really appreciate this conversation. Like I said, I could sit here and talk to you forever. Um, what is it that you're doing? You don't have to go into detail, but like, what is, are you completely retired right now? Or what are you doing right now as a private citizen? So right now I just stopped uh, going overseas, uh, in the spring and, uh, I'm working on some, uh, private business stuff trying to, uh, get some stuff going but uh we'll see you know i mean other than that i'm just enjoying life well ryan man hey thank you for your service we really really appreciate it and and if there's anything you ever need uh feel free to reach out to me or my producer vulture hey no problem thank you from the vapor shades hobo fish camp man maybe i would have way more sex partners in my life if i just threw caution to the wind it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. All right, welcome back, guys. Last segment of the day. I had already uploaded one show today. Uh, I included today's interview so I this will be my second show of the day. So that's why I'm not going a little long. Uh, I'm going to get back to normal doing the one show a day, but trying to do over an hour. It's just that I've been dealing with everything going on. And I, I extremely apologize to everyone. Uh, like I said, I'm going to try to stop talking about all this BS that's going on over here. 
I'm just going to let it die after today. Get back into talking about current events, news, just topics, stuff that has been going on in my personal life, except all this drama. So want to thank everybody. Make sure you tell your friends, family, loved ones, uh, neighbors, whoever it may be about the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Check me out on social media. Just search Tuttle. If you'd like to reach out and contact me, you can easily do that. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com, where you can leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. Hope you guys have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out Vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by StitchYouUp.com PocketPairClub.com Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? concerns or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead Tuttle at gmail.com that's Tuttle with two d's at gmail.com to follow all of Tuttle's social media go to Tuttle.net thanks again for all your support and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast hey yo Terry fuck going on